The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. 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 Oh, fight on weei.com. Big week this week. Bills week. First place on the line in Buffalo Monday night. Uh, game of the year for the Patriots, I would say. Right. Season defining, according to Hunter Henry. Yeah, I want to go that far, but. That's but, what he said. I'm, I'm just quoting a player. I was they only bring a few players to the podium. One of the players at the podium said, "This is a season-defining game for both teams, so it's a damn season-defining game." And should we also assume, you know how we always um say like whatever the players say, we usually feel like is parroting what Bill said in a team meeting. So did Bill say in a team meeting yesterday this is a season-defining game? Well, did you also catch McCordy where I forget who it was said so when Bill addressed the team this morning, did he say X, Y, Z? And McCordy's like, you're setting me up here and didn't even answer anything. Nope, he didn't. Smart guy. Smart guy. Um, McCordy also shot down the idea that this is a season defining game. I think he said season won't end for either team, regardless of what happens on Monday night. Um, But it is a it is a swing game. It is a, a, a especially with the way the AFC is bunched up all these teams and um, I was joking with with Mutt, Mutt at night because he was saying this is the biggest Bills Patriots game in decades and blah, and like yeah sure it is except for in a couple of weeks I think there might be a bigger one on December 26th if t- both teams keep doing what they right. we think they're probably going to do or should do um, but no it's a it's a fun game because of two it's Monday night like I think that if this were just one o'clock it wouldn't have quite the same buzz or pizzazz or whatever. Yeah, more buzz than, than usual but not like this right now it's bill's mafia it's you know marital aides on the field mac jones you know the even the buses so it's 8 20 kickoff you know the buses are going to arrive in buffalo at five something yeah um the way things are today that's dark like so there'll already probably be fires in the parking lot and like you know under I would expect some bills fans are probably starting like sunday at noon yes and under the cover of darkness, maybe you get away with throwing a little extra at the bus, whether it's hard boiled eggs or, or beers or whatever. So no, it's going to be a legit road environment. Like McCourty was joking, you know, there'll probably be a few Patriots fans there, but they'll have to choose wisely as to whether they cheer too loud. And we actually shouldn't joke about that because did, wasn't there a thing in Buffalo where a Patriots fan got the crap kicked out of him, had to go to the hospital, like 
seriously injured a few years ago? I believe that was the case, but I, when I tweeted that yesterday, I got a lot of responses being like, I've been there plenty of times, I've been fine. Bills fans are great. Like, yeah, they're great, but like if you get the wrong there's a there's a percentage of them that aren't. Like it's not cool. like yeah, and there's a percentage of all fans. Like we see that right. now almost anywhere you go, there's gonna be the drunk unruly. And like if you if they're in the right mood and you do the wrong thing, like there could be a potential. Mm. But no, I and that's why I do think this is, um, you know, I've been mocking our, our guy Christian Fourier for a few weeks because he he decided there were no dumpster fire games for Mac once he got past the Browns. To me, this could certainly be a dumpster fire game. They're a team. Uh, they're opposing uh, quarterback passer rating is 62.2. Opponents have thrown 15 interceptions, um, been sacked 19 times. Like, this is a defense that gets after it a little bit. No stars, really, in terms of the pass rush. Just everybody has, like, two, three sacks here, QB hits. Um, I know Tredavious White is out, and you get a break there. That's good. But Hyde and Poyer, their safeties, both have multiple inners. I think they're like eight picks between them. I don't rule this out being a tough environment for Mac, a unique environment. Um, and I know he's been, you know, SEC environments and all that. I just think I don't – I guess my overall thing is I feel like there's an overconfidence in Patriot Nation. I, yes. Like I feel like – I feel like the, the way fans and even some media are treating this, the Patriots are the favorite. They're expected to go to Buffalo and win. I would agree with that. And then also people looking ahead to, I know it's, you know, you know, they're not serious, serious, but bring up potential for Patriots bucks, Super Bowl, like just the, the stuff that's really looking ahead. Like think about it. If, if you lose this week, you're like, you're not even a lot to make the playoffs. That's how and, the AFC is. And you still have Colts and bills on the, the immediate, like now all of a sudden you have like must win games against good teams. Mm -hmm. Like that's where things could get a little um shaky if you like, lose. so if you if you lose this week you're eight and five right yes and then and you have the bills the, are eight and four right and then you play them again let's just say you lose that one which is possible and then you say you lose to the colt but then all of a sudden you're probably on the outside of the playoff if you're looking in then you have I, miami last week of the year is playing well and you always think down there at the end of the year like I don't, i'm not saying this is like hunter henry said a defining game but it swings a lot yeah, and I would say if you get to six losses, you're not feeling great. Seven, I think you're in real trouble. But you get to six, includes losses against the Dolphins and the Bills for potential tiebreakers, things like that. I, I wouldn't feel great about that. So, yeah, this is most certainly a big game. And, you know, even – like I think I listened to Rodney yesterday, and he was almost – Ronnie Harrison, I'm talking about on uh, Merloni and Foria. He was almost even dismissive of the Bills, you know, a one-dimensional team. And, like a little bit of his Patriot rah-rah was coming through. Um, and and I, I laugh about it because I've watched some Bills game. They have issues at running back, except for one simple factor. They average more rushing yards per game than the Patriots. Like everybody tells me the Bills are one-dimensional, can't run. Dable doesn't want to run. They don't, the, but the softness coming out of there a couple of weeks ago. And everybody tells me the Patriots are a offensive line, physical run the football team. You average less rushing yards than the bills. Like I'm not saying that definitively says one thing or the other, but how can it be such a glaring issue for them? Such a strength for you. And yet they've produced more and don't give me, Oh, it doesn't count. Cause Josh Allen, no Josh Allen's yards count too. He's part of their rushing game. He rushed for almost 400 yards. And the example I gave to Mutt last night, 
when the Ravens are leading the league in rushing, no one says, well, not really. Lamar runs. No, no, no. Everybody says they're the best, best running team in football. So the Bills run for more than you, even though you got your, you know, big balls on the table and you think you're the running team or whatever. No, nope, mm-hmm. they run for more than you. And I think Matt Breida has given them life a little bit the last couple weeks. So Moss has been a disappointment. I'm a big Zach Moss guy and he has had a shitty year. He's been horrific. Um, I know this because I drafted him, I believe, on both fantasy teams. I was just going to say, I think there's a fantasy implication here. No one calls oh, yeah, no Zach Moss. Like, Plus, I like him. I've liked him coming out of college, and he's just been a he's been a disappointment for me. I thought he was going to be one of those guys, like, lower running backs drafted, and then, like, wow, he's a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah. I think the Bills did, too, and he just – he isn't. Um, the other interesting uh, angle and sort of talking point that came up this week was – Real or not, and we can get into that in a minute, real or not, Bill Belichick is suddenly fully on the Josh Allen bandwagon. He's great. He's this. He's that. Remarkable transformation, development. And this less than a year after he's, quote, you know, wasn't buying the craze around Josh Allen. At least he told ESPN until ESPN's greasy and and Lewis Riddick got mad and everybody was defensive. Um, I would like to be a fly on the wall of those production meetings. I was was just going to say that. I wish I could be there on Sunday night in the hotel. I'm not saying it would work and I'm not saying it would be smart, but if it were me, I would say, I would first question, Hey Bill. So I uh, heard your comments on Josh Allen the other day. You think he's an MVP candidate now or something like try to break the ice again. It could go horribly wrong. And Bill may tell you to go F yourself and walk out the room, but he likes those guys. Yeah. He likes Riddick. I don't know greasy, um, but it, it, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting by the way, also what they talk about on Monday about Allen from like, bill or whatever mm-hmm. um because they got defensive last year and they tried to backtrack a little bit if i recall pro, you know after the broadcast and after kind of got out that bill wasn't mad i mean bill was upset um no i think he's right this year like josh allen's good i'm, I'm sorry like he's good he, he's not perfect no he, but he's he's a top eight quarterback in the nfl maybe in higher uh, i would say at the very least and at his best he's top three like when he's rolling when he's feeling good Mm -hmm. and the the thing i you know so you can you can question the running game and the running backs and who they're going to have in there how they're going to use them whatever you can't really question their weapons they have a good cast of weapons and that's what i find interesting in this game because we've gone for whatever it is the better part of a month here where most of the opponents are without patterson without ridley without this guy without that like Chubb and Hunt, they're not out. They can't do what they want. This is a team that has its weapons. The well, defense, they haven't they, have, they haven't faced a team that has multiple weapons. Like right. this is and, back, this is back to the Cowboys and Bucks games. Correct. And so you you have the question of, you know, second, third cornerback. And now um Kyle Duggar on the COVID list, likely to not play, I would say. I would so, say so too as you try to formulate your plan against these depth of weapons. And when we're talking about depth of weapons, it's um, Stefan Diggs, obviously is the big name receiver, Cole Beasley. Uh, Good slot. slot guy. And one of the Patriots said one of the best slot guys in the NFL. Um, you have Emmanuel Sanders as a veteran receiver. Knox is having a breakout year, seven touchdowns like your guy Hunter Henry has. So there's a depth of weapons there. Breed has caught the ball a little bit out of the backfield. So you have that angle. Josh I, Allen can run. Like Josh Allen can run. Um, 
you know, and I know all oh, the Patriots are going zone now, so nothing matters. Like that's, I love that's the be all catch all. Oh, you're in zone, so it doesn't well, matter. You'll be. Is, doesn't zone not the way to go against a mobile quarterback? No, it is. It is. It, yeah, no, you don't want to get caught in man too often because your back is turned. You're running down the field, so zone can be good against a mobile quarterback, but just because you're in zone doesn't mean you don't have to cover. I, I feel like they've heard. they've had trouble against mobile quarterbacks in the past because they've played man. So I'm not saying like them playing zone a little bit more is going to help, help them. Yeah. Well, and I also just from the Duggar perspective, forget about the depth perspective and who's on the field from the Duggar perspective, I would say over the last month and a half, he's been really good. He's been making plays flying up. Well, I know tackles aren't the end all be all. He's your leading tackle. That's right. That says something. Correct. And so against Knox against Allen, like now you don't have one of your better defensive players. And now that bumps up because I think you're going to have to be in sub packages. So let's just, it's, you got your two safeties in Phillips and McCordy. You got JC Jackson, you got Jalen Mills. That's four. Who are five and six? I assume Miles Bryant is five. Jawan Williams. John I Wade. assume Miles Bryant is five. <laughs> um, Jawan Williams. Okay. So, but if you want to go six, it's both of them, right? If you want to go six DBs at any time. You think Jamie Collins is athletic enough to spy on Josh Allen? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, he, he was back at practice this week. Maybe he, he, I'm just saying he's an athletic guy that you could find a way to make work for this one game without Doug. Yeah, probably. Um, I just, as you start to map out, okay. So let's just say, I mean, again, zone versus man, but let's just say J.C. Jackson and Diggs is kind of your thing. Mm-hmm. Well, who we should mention, Diggs toasted him last time they met. Correct. So now I'm saying, well, does McCourty have to be involved in that? If McCourty's involved in that, well, now the Knox situation and the and the Beasley situation in the middle of the field kind of receivers. You don't have Jonathan Jones to cover Beasley out of the slot, like. Right. Uh, I just. Maybe Sean Wade, who's supposed to be a slot corner, right? Maybe he's now, maybe this is the Sean Wade breakout. We need well, you. I think he's played, he's been active for two games and probably has less than 10 snaps. He does. Oh, yeah, he's been irrelevant, but break glass in case of emergency. Maybe this is the emergency. You have a Cole Beasley fire you need to put out. And that doesn't mean he can put him out either. Like you can try it and you might be right. scrambling. And so I think this is. This is the most interesting matchup since the Cowboys for the defense personnel and, and what they offer, what you can do a little bit of a test of whether this defense is as good as people want to, because if they struggle against the pass a week after giving up 270 against a backup running back, now you start to say, Oh, are we going down the boogeyman road again? Where, yeah, you beat up on Sam Darnold's of the world, but when you actually have to perform, you're not up to the competition that, that will be the question. John Anderson had a, has a column up on the site today. Basically, was it today or yesterday? One of these two today, days. I, I tried to read it, and then it got into, like, all these acronyms and statistics and analytics. I lost That's why I'm just saying the premise. I'm not going to get into the DVOA. And, you, yeah, that. Side note, do you know there's a metric called Dave? Who made that? Dave? Some guy named Dave? He's, I'm going to call this Dave. <laughs> and it's, it measures, like, your success against your opponents of late. And the Patriots rank like high and Dave. Well, they should rank high and Dave. They're on a six game winning streak and everybody they played didn't have their best players. I, I don't know. I just, I just thought that was humorous. That there is a metric called Dave that I've never heard of. Well, I, I, I was making fun of Rodney for being pro Patriot a little bit. I did enjoy he and Christian kind of crapping on 
analytics and thing, you know, Rodney's like, you know, the numbers don't take into account, you know, some guys had a fight with his wife in the morning and he's playing the worst game of his career. And you're just going to go by the numbers and say, yep, we're going to go with him or do, you know, ask him to do X in a tough situation. Oh, Dave, DOVA, whatever the hell all those things are expected. Well, the one that really got me last year was remember there was a big Sony Michelle, how much better oh, than expected yeah. yards per expected carry. yards per carry. <laughs> it's so stupid. The whole thing is so stupid. Um, but no, I do think this is the most interesting, Matt. I, I think this game is, A, turnovers will be huge because they are third in turnover differential. You're second. And if you look back, like the last couple losses for the Bills are two turno- two pick games for Josh Allen. Yep. We know the Patriots pick the ball off. Like there's a lot going on there. But I also think this is a Patriots defense, defense big boy game. Like are you – Steve Belichick's defense and you know all this stuff and how good because all I've heard is they're the best coach defense in football like they do everything the Orlosis of the world this is why they're great and the the Breer quotes from the anonymous coaches and executives around the league like yeah they're well coached that we ever everyone knows that but they've been well coached over the last month they weren't well coached to start the year I would agree they couldn't count to 11 to start the year. They couldn't get 11 guys on the field with regularity. I'm sorry. That's not well coached. I remember Lou, the Saints game, he went on a long, like probably did a 45 minutes of his show just on, you got out coached. You were poorly coached. You were a poorly coached football team. So now we just forget about that because a winning streak later against undermanned competition. Like, also, we should bring up last year too. The same thing that were happening last year. The coaching staff's the same. Yes, and, and I don't think they stink as a coaching staff. No. And yes, I agree. Bill is an advantage. Bill will always be an advantage. But don't tell me just because they've won six in a row and just because they've suddenly been able to actually have 11 guys on the field that Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, Demarcus Covington, all these relatively young, unproven coaches are suddenly the best coaching staff in football and blah, and pretend it's um, 03, 04 when it was like uh, Crinnell and Rex Ryan's brother, yeah. Rob Ryan, and Eric Min, like all future head coaches. Like, mm. no, I'm not sure we're quite to that level yet, but I do think it's a big game for the coaches and the players on defense. This is a this is a measuring stick. I don't know if it's season-defining, Hunter, but it's a measuring stick game. What do you think of the other side of the ball? How, do the Patri- how does the Patriots' offense attack the Bills' defense? Well, I would like to run the ball. I, with this team, I would always like to run the ball. Now they're coming off a game in which they couldn't run the ball. And I don't care that they ran it 20 times for hundred yards. They couldn't run the ball when it mattered. No, they they got, up. I, I wish I looked back and look at it. They probably got 60% of their rushing yards in the last two possessions. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got 21 yards, which is uh, 21 yards was like 20% of their rushing came on those two runs from um Damian Harris consecutively seven yards and then a 14 yard touchdown and the Titans had given up. People can tell me, Oh, they fight to the, they'd given up. The only person that nearly tackled Damian Harris on the way to the end zone was Trent Brown. Trent Brown ran into him. Nobody else really touched him. Um, and then Stevenson had a, a chunk run uh, late in the game. So yeah, there's no doubt. Most of their yardage were fake against a Titans team that had realized, ah, we're toast. It's over undermanned can't win. Uh, so yeah, I think you need to run the football if you can, like I, We'll see. I think the Bills are a pretty good defense. Bills are good. We said last week, they they had a lot of success on the ground against teams that didn't have great defensive fronts and defenses. Let's see how they do this week. Last week, they couldn't do it against the Titans. We'll see if they can do it against the Bills. 
Because if you can't, then you have a question of, oh, you can beat up on bad defenses. Like, are you really a good rushing team? Right, right. So I think you need to run it. And then, I mean, Mac is going to, there's going to be situation. They're the, they are awesome on third down, the Bills. Third down offense, they are, I believe, above 50%, which is really impressive at this time of year. And I think they're right about 33% on third down defensively. So the money down, the key down, third down, we talked about, you know, the one thing that I would take as a Patriot positive, and Bill kind of backed off of it a little, but I think he meant it and accidentally said it, is defensively they do what they do. Always a red flag for me that Bill is feeling confident. He, like, knows You're how right. to attack them. He, he did back off it because he was like, they do what they do, but they have different things within that. Right. But I think the do what they do part was truthful. And that's always like, oh, oh, Bill, Bill, Bill sees what, what they do and he knows what they do. And that's where we get back to, I think that's a coaching advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think Brian Dable's a pretty good coach on the flip side in terms of offense versus defense. And McCourty talked about that, even going back to Cleveland, that upset, like, Dable does whatever Dable thinks he needs to do that day to win. He's a very, very, he's, we talk about Josh being one of the better offensive coordinators. Like I'm not saying Dable's at that level, but he's in that next tier. Uh, he might be at that level. And I also give him credit for something I can't give Josh credit for. Josh has done it successfully for Bill in the New England system. Mm-hmm. Dable has done it successfully all over the NFL. In college. Miami, in Cleveland, college, like, he has a depth of experience and success with different weapons, different quarterbacks, different styles. Like when he was the better team, when he wasn't the better team, when he needed trick plays, when he could just do what he do, like all of those things. So yeah. Ah, crap. Um, just look down the driveway. My freaking recycling bin fell over and there's paper everywhere. <laughs> um, that's unfortunate. Uh, it doesn't blow away. It's going to be a freaking mess soon. Um, what was that? I'm, I'm, I'm so flustered now. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think offensively. And, and the other thing offensively is I think you want to attack the edges because no white, two really good safeties in the middle of the field. All the players emphasize that. Bill emphasized that. Poyer and Hyde, how they play off each other. They're, you know, faking things, doing different things. They work so well together. They make plays. Like, as I said, eight interceptions between them. Um, so I don't know if that's, you know, stay away from Myers and, and Henry. Do you think and White it, isn't a, as big of a loss against the Patriots because the Patriots don't have a true number one receiver that he would take out? Um, maybe, but I also, like, I want to have my best defensive player. I don't I care. I know. I'm just trying to, like – you see, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. You no, know, I understand. To me, that's a, a very, who cares? That's a very Patriot argument. That's like a very pro Patriot. Like, yeah, yeah. You think it's a, you, you don't even have your number one corner. Well, lucky you, we don't have a number one receiver. <laughs> like, right. Okay, that really the argument, you, you know what I mean? But yeah, it, yes, I, I think I just always want to have my best defensive players on the field. And I think he's a really good, um, I was talking to somebody with, with the Patriots a while back and they think, he's way better than uh, Stefan Gilmore. Like what he's accomplished, what he's done early in his career. They think he's a, a hall of fame caliber cornerback. Like there's definitely respect for Tredavious white. So I think not having that on the field um, is an advantage for the Patriots. Can they take advantage? Can like, can Aguilar hit a big play? Cause he's, 
just looking at him, I, I did it the other day when I was just looking at his playtime and his like he's irrelevant completely. He plays so much and does nothing. Nothing. Like somebody last night called us when we were on Mud at Night and was like, you know, even Aguilar starting to do more. And I'm like, he caught three balls for like 30 yards. Someone mentioned that the effort who one of the, I forget what site it was, wrote a column that the Patriots receivers are like coming into their own. And it was like, yeah, Bourne had a nice game, but Bourne. who else? Bourne is the one that's coming into his own. Now he needs to keep doing that. Like I said that after last week, you know, so from the Cleveland touchdown, two touchdowns last week, big plays, even, you know, back to Dallas, like he, he's become their big play guy, their, their playmaker, which we thought Aguilar was going to be right. And if he can continue to evolve in that way, and and Bill said it this week, Bill kind of tempered that with the, you know, there's still things he can work on and room for growth and that. And if that's true, that's really good. And if mm-hmm. that comes to fruition, because I do think he, we've talked a lot about it, the who's going to make plays when you need him to. I'm now starting to think maybe Bourne is the guy. Maybe he is developing into a playmaker before our eyes. But so you're, wait, so you're saying th- like third and 10, big, big play in the game. You're going to Bourne over Myers? Yeah, because I think Myers has a chance to get me, you know, eight and a half, and I'm punting on fourth and two. Interesting. Now, I know he had his biggest game last week. He had three 20-yard catches. Yeah, it was a four for 90 or something. I don't count on that all the time. I I think Myers is who he is, whereas I think Bourne can be more than we've seen. Do you uh, maybe think Janu is coming on a little bit? No. Okay. (laughs) I mean – I, I don't know. I just feel like he's he's done a little bit more the last couple of weeks. They've clear, clearly made a, a more of a different way of getting him involved. Like sure. he's, clearly, he's clearly not a, a guy that's going to run 10 yards down the field over the middle and catch the ball. He's, they get him in space and they've done that more lately. I don't sure. know. I, like I, I have more confidence right now that John who can make plays for you than Nelson. Aguilar. I don't, I think they're similar. I think they're similar where they're, they have physical talent. They can make plays. They both can make plays. They just will never, either of them, make plays on a consistent basis to take that step to be like a, a star player, a key playmaker. So if you sleep on them, to me, the way the Patriots are going to have to do it is if they're going to be at their best offensively in like a playoff game, both of those guys have to get that 130-yard play, that 140-yard play, whatever it is, because I don't think either can give you the six for 150 day that you probably hoped when you paid him, you were going to get. So, no, I like, no, I don't see John who has ever, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong again. First, I thought he was going to be the MVP. Right. Now I think he's, I mean, I will give you the positive. He has stopped doing volleyball set passes to the defense for pick six is going the other way. So I guess, but okay. So he gets an end around. Okay. He gets one catch and run. That's nice. We'll see if he can do it any, you know. Yeah, and, thing, another offensive thing we should touch on red zone Patriots have, kind of stunk in the red zone this year by and yep. large um, yep. and in games like this you need seven points instead of three so like it's, it's minor but it's math it's basic math maybe i mean you also are playing a team that a couple weeks ago lost nine six and didn't put the ball in the end zone once so. well, i was gonna say the bills aren't i think the patriots are like 21st in the low 20s in red zone efficiency and the bills are like 15th so it's not a huge disparity but they're a little bit better right and yeah, I mean, I do agree. People, you know, whichever team gets in the red zone and then scores touchdowns will have a much better chance to win. And there's a more confidence that the Bills can figure that out with all the playmakers they have, whereas the Patriots in the red zone, it's like Hunter Henry and the running game. And 
in the red zone, Josh Allen can scramble. Now they extend the play for three seconds. Okay, you covered well. Uh, doesn't matter. He found a guy late, touchdown. So, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, the veteran, found a way to get open four seconds into his route because Josh Allen scrambled mm-hmm. around a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I think this is a really tough game. I, I think the Bills should be favored. I think the Bills probably should be favored by more than they're favored. Yeah, it's um, only two points. Yeah, it's it's basically a home field favoring, like neutral. Like, sun me, like so if you read into the or buy into the whole Vegas gives the home team three points, they're saying the Patriots are a better team than the Bills. Yeah, and, and you can argue that based on consistent winning streak. I would say neither team has a ton of like overly impressive wins. Colts, I mean, the uh, Bills won in Kansas City. You won at Chargers. Those are probably your both most impressive wins. Um, both have some losses that are regrettable. Patriots are a little distanced from theirs where the Bills are a little closer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that plays into it. Um, I think we can agree. Now the white injury maybe sways this. I think the Bills are more talented. I think they have an overall more talented team. I don't think that's really up for debate. If you, okay. If so, you're looking on paper, if you're going matchup by matchup, it's the Bills. And I don't think Sean McDermott's a terrible coach. I don't think he's a great, but he's no, in the he's, middle. He's, he's above average. Yes, I would say he's above average, but he's not in whatever your hierarchy of yeah, he's top not. He's not players. right behind Belichick like the Andy Reeds and, and that that crowd he's not I would say he's not even in the Mike Vrabel land I would say he's a poor man's Mike Vrabel because I do think he's built a program I think the players for the most part buy in like that kind of he's changed their culture for sure he's done a good job with that right now I don't think he does as good a job in-game coaching as other coaches do from and and that's mainly based on Patriots bills over the last two or three years I just see things I I remember there's been a couple of things that you look at that's not right that I don't love um but yeah, for me, I think I would probably have bills by four, four and a half, something in that range if you care about spreads. All right, pick uh, the game then. I'm going to take the bills. I think it's a tough spot. I think it's a tough spot. Very, very uh, tough spot. Maybe I'll regret it. Maybe Josh Allen will throw the ball right to Kyle Van Oy or somebody or, or you like uh, Jamie Collins will make an athletic play. I don't rule that out. I think I am looking forward to this game. I think this is a really fun game. I actually don't think either team is, is truly elite. I think they're second tier teams, um, both of whom probably have chances to go AFC title game, whatever, deep into the playoffs both of whom on any given Sunday, I think, cannot play up to what they've been doing. Well, or see, that's a, the kind of the interesting thing about the playoffs. Like, you see these the, – I could see a scenario where the team that's the number two seed loses on a wild card weekend. Like, the, that's oh, just definitely. could happen. Like, it's just so – it's so wide open. So, like, yes, these teams every, – every one of these AFC teams could beat any one of the teams in the conference, but they could also lose to basically any team in the conference too, which makes it so interesting. Right. This is a get hot year, in my opinion. Get hot and then be hot and play well right at that peak at that early January. Um, but for this game, I just can't. The, that 62.2 is the number that keeps grabbing me, that opposing passer rating. Um, Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones at Buffalo, Monday night football. Just it feels like a tough spot for him. I don't love my recent my my most recent taste of the Patriots ground game and I know you know big story was you know everybody was asking questions about Stevenson and Harris one two punch blah blah yeah that's great well your one two punch sucked last week and line I'll throw it in there I, like I don't just put it on them right the combination of your 
offensive line. Oh, we got six starters. Even though we can only use five, we're a great offensive line. You sucked last week. You, you couldn't get the job done. So I don't feel as confident about that heading into Buffalo, even though the bills, I mean, they allow like 4.1 yards per carry in general. They're not a great team um, against the run. You should be able to run against them. If you're as good as you think you are. Um, I think Josh Allen makes the plays. I think Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and the depth of weapons, Dawson Knox. I think the Duggar injury is huge. That almost balances it out. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose white, you lose Duggar. Not that they're the same level player, but both teams are undermanned in the back end. Yep. Well, which team is better suited to take advantage of an undermanned back end? That's the Bills. Um, I'm going to hope this is a fun one. I want it to be a fourth quarter, even though it Fs with us in terms of writing and posting. That's um, yeah, fine. I, it's Monday night. It's Monday night. No one's reading it till Tuesday morning anyway, if at all. Um, I, I'm going to say like 26. 720 bills 27 yeah 27 20 bills oh, you stole my score well you got to come up with a different one you can't 27 17 <laughs> don't get that you, you chose not to make it a closer game but a more decisive victory for the buffalo yeah I, I like i said like you said i could regret this but i think this is a not like a slap in the face game for the patriots but kind of a reality check game in a way like these super bowl hypes and these you know you're the greatest team in the afc and like all these Mac Jones, Tom Brady comparisons, I think that could be come down a notch after this week. And it should, in my opinion, but it also, in my opinion, does not change yes. the big picture. You're still a good team. You're still trending in the right direction. You're still, like you said, you're still capable, whether you're the, the two seed or the seven seed, I think you're capable of winning in the playoffs. Yes. The way you're built, the way you're coached, all of that. None of that will change. Based yeah, and on even the- like losing this game could I don't know, we always say like a loss could help you in the long run. Maybe this is the game that could help you in the long run. It gives you a, a sort of a, a jolt and a, and a wake up call. Like, Well, the one thing I will say a loss here, if we are right, I think we'll bring up son of a bitch. I can't believe we lost that dolphins game on opening day. Like, because now it's all muddled and tiebreakers. Well, we were, we brought that up for months or weeks when right. like after, and everybody you know mocked us and kind of like, Oh, whoa, whoa. well, it matters now. It does. And, and then it will also put a huge, huge spotlight on the next Bills game, which I'll be really intrigued by on that, that 26th, which I don't know if that can be flexed or not, but if we can get to, into that down the road. Yeah, down the uh, probably That's what's that next week that would have to make that call, I think. Yeah, and it's a one o'clock game right now. It's funny, I went to the doctor's office the other day for my elbow and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm taking, well, Let's just say he's going to that game. I don't know if it's a Christmas present, but hopefully nobody's listening. Um, and I was like, yeah, be interesting if maybe that gets flexed. And he goes, what? He goes, I hadn't thought of that. Because he he's like, I have surgery 6 a.m. Monday morning. He has to oh, perform you surgery. could be getting home at 2 a.m. I wouldn't want to be that first patient out of the gates in surgery. Nope. Um, but yeah, this is this is a big, fun game. I hope it lives up to the hype. I hope it's competitive. I actually, you know what would be fun? If both quarterbacks kind of fall on their face a little, both throw two picks and it stays competitive in that nature where, you know, Hyde gets a pick, JC Jackson gets a pick and you kind of go back and forth and it ebbs and it flows and momentum swings. And I hope yeah. it's a, I hope it's a fun Monday night game. I'm with you there. All right. We'll have a podcast Tuesday morning, recapping the game. And then uh, we get the bye week. We'll have a, we've got a special episode coming for you at the end of next week. We've got a good, good occasion to celebrate in the off day yeah. podcast. Now we can't guarantee it's special. We'll have to reach out to the specialness yet. That's but true. That's true. 
All right. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday red zone without Patriot football. And we'll- yeah, wait, whoa, whoa. Uh, I like to throw in quick random. So uh, Ryan Hannibal, family man, married man, house. Uh, what's Ryan Hannibal going to do now? Because he has a Monday night game. So he has Saturday and Sunday into Monday of semi-freedom. It's watching football on Sunday. I've kind of already made that clear. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, go like, we'll do the house stuff on Saturday. Like I know I, I actually made it clear. I want to watch the Alabama Georgia game at three 30 on Saturday. So let's get doing some painting in the hallway, get that done Saturday morning and then basically football from Saturday at three 30 till Monday at midnight. So you're going to be a cliche American beer and football Saturday afternoon. Sunday. Yeah, I actually brought up, I want to get some wings. Ooh, exciting wings, beer and football, baby. Yep. 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 Yeah. Probably me too. Same. same thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have any, I don't know. The late bye week stinks too, by the way. Oh yeah. Like for like personal purposes. Yeah. 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 Like, but whatever it is. I I don't know. I just feel like next week it'll be like, it's Christmas. Like it's always, it's always kind of like a weird time on the calendar anyway. Yeah. And I almost, I guess the good thing is from like a player's perspective, even our, it does give you, like Christmas, like Christmas shopping, or like if it for the the bye weekend. Am I frozen? Can you not hear me? Yeah, that was a terrible way to end the podcast. But have a good week. We'll we'll talk to you next week. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.